InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Childhood bullying can take a serious toll on young people, but are there lasting after-effects for the victims? Joining us to discuss this is William Copeland. He's an associate professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Duke Medical Center. William, before we talk about your study, do you have any estimate of the number or percentage of kids who experience bullying at some point in their lives? Well, in order for us to figure out how many kids were affected, we actually had a group of 1,400 kids that we've been following for 20 years. And in the time that we followed them across childhood, we found that over 30% of them were involved in bullying at some point or another during childhood, with about 20% reporting that they were only involved as a victim of bullying, about 5% that were reporting that they were only involved as a bully themselves, and then another 5% that were reported being both bullied and bullying other kids. Huh, very interesting. What did you find as far as lasting after effects? In order to get at that, we took these groups of kids and we kept following them into adulthood, into their mid-20s to see how they were functioning emotionally. And what we found is for that pure victim group, they were at about four to five times increased risk of having an anxiety disorder in adulthood. And this included things like panic disorder, where someone has frequent panic attacks, or agoraphobia, where someone has kind of a fear of open places, or even just uh, generalized anxiety. Now, it was that group that I talked about that was both a victim of bullying and bullied other people that had the worst long-term outcomes. They were at about five-fold increased risk for having depression. They also had increased levels of anxiety disorders like panic disorder, but then they also had about 10 times higher risk of having suicidal thoughts and behavior in adulthood. So this is mm. obviously a group we really want to keep an eye on. And that final group is the kids that were just bullies, and when we followed up with them in adulthood, they were not having significant emotional problems, but they did have problems suggesting that they continued to mistreat people as adults. Is there any uh, indication or evidence or information you have about how these traits develop in kids to be bullies? Is that something that comes out of their family life? We looked at that in a fair bit of depth. You know, what did they look like before they were bullies? What was their family life? What was their emotional functioning? And these kids came from really troubled families, families typically impoverished where there were kind of high rates of dysfunction and even maltreatment, meaning that a lot of these kids had been abused in some way as well. We also found for the victims and for the combined group, the bully victims, that there was some evidence that they had disrupted family life as well. We're talking on InfoTrack with William Copeland. He's associate professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Duke Medical Center, talking about a study that he was in charge of regarding childhood bullying and the after effects. Do you have any thoughts in terms of a solution to this situation? Because obviously bullying has long-term ramifications for many people. Right. We don't have a silver bullet. This is a very complex issue. And just to give you a sense of it, you know, we have this group of kids that are both bullies and victims. And this is really hard for people to sometimes get their heads around. And what can sometimes happen with these kids is maybe these kids have problems socially in school. And so they're more likely to get picked on and they may be more impulsive and reactive when they get picked on. And so they may then lash out at other people and they may get in trouble for their lashing out at other people, even though they were being bullied to begin with. 
So it's not necessarily just as easy as saying that we have to have a zero-tolerance policy toward bullying. But I think that's an important part of it. I think for a long time, you know, we've kind of thought of bullying as being something that happens to everyone to some extent, and it's just kind of a rite of passage that, you know, we all have to go through, and most of us are just fine down the road. And I think what this study really suggests is that Up to a full decade later in life, after these kids have left school and are now adults, we're still seeing the emotional scars of these experiences. So bullying is absolutely something that school personnel, parents, and society in general, we just really need to take seriously. Something you just said was that we all see that bullying seems to happen to everyone, which makes me reflect on the 30% number, which to me sounds low. Is it possible people aren't just not being completely honest or forthright in reporting their childhood? Yeah, that was interesting to us, too. And when we looked at it, the folks that reported involvement in bullying reported being involved in it frequently. So people reported, you know, this happening on a regular basis. So my guess is the folks that remembered this and reported this in our interviews were the folks that had been exposed to this chronically over an extended period of time. Now, there's probably a lot of other folks that had an incident here and there where they might have been kind of teased or bullied, but because it wasn't something that happened repeatedly, this wasn't something that they reported. So I do think that there's a larger group of kids that are probably affected by this. I think that the kids that are going to be affected the most are the ones that are kind of picked on and targeted repeatedly over an extended period of time. In your opinion, would an adult who is suffering from symptoms make the connection to what had happened in their childhood, or is that probably not going to happen? You know, I would have actually guessed before this that that would be difficult for people to do because we're actually not very good at remembering what happened six months ago, let alone 10 years ago. On the other hand, since this study has come out, I've been just amazed at the number of people that have contacted me that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And a lot of these people are actually doing okay at this point, but they report that this is something that still is in the forefront of their mind, and they think about this every day. The fact that when they were younger, you know, they were severely teased or bullied, and sometimes, you know, it was physical bullying. This is really something that does stay with a lot of people. You know, it's funny. People will sometimes say that we all kind of get set the way we are in high school and adults are just sort of still acting out all those high school behaviors in terms of the group they hang out with or whatever. What would your thoughts be on that? Well, I think to some extent. I mean, here we saw that the bullies kind of grow up to be people that still have problems mistreating other people. And a lot of the victims still have some of these scars of having been bullied as well. Actually, one of my most vivid memories of being involved in bullying was being involved as a bystander, watching somebody else being bullied and wanting to say something to stop it from going on, but freezing up in the moment and actually not doing anything and actually feeling a lot of regret about that later on. I think that's another important message that we need to kind of empower kids to stand up and say something when they see somebody being bullied. But certainly that was an experience, even one that I wasn't specifically involved in the bullying, that I remember very well to this day. So I absolutely do think these are things that stay with people for a long period of time. Do you have any uh, final words of advice for our listeners, perhaps for parents who are listening, in terms of what to say to their kids? I think the most important thing first is to begin a conversation with their kids about this kind of stuff, where they're asking, hey, how are things going at school? How are you getting along with your friends? Is anybody giving you a hard time? 
just to kind of open the channels of communication so the child feels comfortable kind of talking about it. And then if the child reports that there is some sort of a problem, it's not necessarily a good thing to overreact to that. And you obviously certainly don't want to underreact either, but you want to kind of talk it through with the kid to see whether this is something that's happening on a regular basis, to see if they are being pulled out from a group and targeted by specific people. And if there's very specific information that you can collect about that, maybe it's something that you can go to the school personnel and present that to them so that they can kind of intervene. But maybe you also want to talk to the child about ways that they can problem solve around the situation too. But I absolutely think that the first step is having a conversation about this with your kids. That's William Copeland, who is Associate Professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Duke Medical Center, talking about a research study which he was in charge of on childhood bullying and the after effects. William, thank you so much for joining us on InfoTrack. Oh, thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.